before the burning of the Lord's anger overtakes you, before the day of the Lord's anger overtakes you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who carry out what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be concealed on the day of the Lord's anger. I think that's why God pointed me toward Jonathan Edwards' sermon. was because God's wrath has existed. He created hell for the devil and his angels, those who rebelled against heaven. And because of the rebellious nature of sin, we've had to suffer that same punishment. And before we gave ourselves to Christ, before we learned who Christ is, before we trust in Christ, that's where we're bound for. And Jonathan Edwards' total sermon is pretty publicly publicized, so you can find it just about anywhere, but three things I take from it when I read it is, one, hell is real and is a dreadful place to which we are all heading unless we repent. See, a lot of people want to know why would God send people to hell and he doesn't. We're choosing to go there. God has given us a life raft in Jesus Christ. The second thing I take away is it is God's hand that keeps us from going there so that we have a chance to repent. At any moment, God can re remove his hand and let us die. If we look at the story of Job, we can see that plain as day. It's laid out in its entirety of Job. God let the devil do this and that and this and that to Job. He said, you can't kill him. You can make him sick, you can take his family, you can take his property, but you can't kill him. And the whole time, Job kept praising God. See, God's hand is what protects us from hell. But it comes a point when we all meet that final demise. It's the way of nature. It's part of the consequence of sin. But God has given us our entire lives to repent. And then the third thing is just that. Time is fleeting. The best time to repent is now, not tomorrow, not next year when I get things straight, not when I get that one thing under control that's been bugging me or it's always on my mind, that one temptation that I can't overcome, then I'll repent. No, the time is now. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised the next two seconds. We're not. And God reminds us of that daily. What we are promised is a chance at repentance. A chance to escape the consequences of hell and sin. We were promised that 2,000 years ago on a cross when Jesus gave his life to take our place. The price we couldn't pay, he paid it in full, up front before we were ever even formed. One of the biggest comparisons I've ever seen to that is the story of a judge who's 
son is on trial for a crime he did commit. And he can't just automatically forgive it. A price has to be paid according to the law. But he writes a check, he sets it there, and he says, you have a choice, son. Accept the payment to cover the fine or accept the consequence of your actions. There's nothing the son could do to make that payment for himself. There's nothing the son could do to cover the cost, but the father covered it for him. And that's what God did for us. Sometimes I think that image is too simple because it's a far greater thing that Jesus paid for us. It's a far greater price that he put on the line for us. But as simple as it is, it's the truth. Check's already been written. It's laid on the table. We have to make the choice to repent and pick it up. Or leave it sitting there and accept the consequences of hell. That's what God was trying to tell the people in Israel, and that's what he's been trying to tell us for all these years, since time began. I created you to live in the garden, to walk with me, to serve me, to talk with me, to eat with me, to enjoy life, to live forever with me. You chose to disobey me. choose to come back. Choose to come back. And that's why he tells them to gather themselves together. And to do it before the decree takes place. See, when we look at Revelation, we know there's a time coming when Christ will come for one last time. And when he does, the play's over. The production's done. There's no turning back. When the teacher takes up the test, you can't change your answers. It's too late. As long as the teacher is sitting in at their desk, you have a chance to erase and correct any mistakes that you can see. But the difference in life is the eraser we need is the blood of Christ the only eraser that's going to get the stain off the paper. And I allowed you to make the corrections. Because without it, you can't make those corrections. So those people waiting to get better or to overcome their temptation before they decide to repent, they're never going to get there without Christ. That's why now is the time. That's why now is when it's important. Something told me to keep reading when I read that passage, and it carried me on over to verse 18 of chapter 3 of Zephaniah. In my Bible is just one page turn. He said, I will gather those who have been driven from the appointed festivals. They will be a tribute from you and a reproach on her. Yes, at that time I 
will deal with who oppress you. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will make those who are disgraced throughout the earth receive praise and fame. At that time, I will bring you back. Yes, at the time I will gather you. I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, the Lord has spoken. Well, I just read the wrong part, but I guess God told me to do that. Because <laughs> I read 18 through 20. He told me to cover 9 through 20. There's a reason for it. Those last three verses speak solemnly to what we will face in glory. If we have repented and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, this is the reward that is waiting for us. Not the punishment and agony of hell, but the praise and glory that we will find in heaven. Can you imagine when you cross those gates and Jesus, who everybody else in heaven is watching, comes to you and says, Welcome home. When Jesus says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And because of his association, we will be the most famous person on that day in all of heaven. Everyone there will go, I know them because he knows them. And it's nothing we did to get there what he did for us. And all we could do was say yes or no, Lord. Yes or no. We're going back to verse 9. It says, For I will then restore pure speech to the people so that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him with a single pur purpose. For beyond the rivers of Cush my supplicants my dispersed people will bring an offering to me. On that day you will not be put to shame because of everything you have done in rebelling against me. For then I will remove from among you your jubilant, jubilant arrogant people and you will never again be haughty on my holy mount. I will leave a meek and humble people among you and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will no longer do wrong or tell lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will pastor and lie down with nothing to make them afraid. Those few verses are telling you what you get from Christ. All your arrogance, all your self-conceit gone and humility takes it place of meekness and joy praising God among every person that's around you praising God and Jesus for what they did for you what he did for you and honoring him in the way that you live and the way that you act and knowing that it's going to come I don't even know how many fold when we get to heaven none glorification of the Lord Almighty. 
And he says, Sing for joy, daughter Zion. Shout loudly, Israel. Be glad and celebrate with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your punishment and has turned back your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is among you. You need no longer fear harm. On that day, I will, it will be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear. Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight in you with singing. And in that last bit, I will gather those who have been driven from the appointed festivals. They will be a tribute from you and a reproach on her. Yes, at that time, I will deal with all who oppress you. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will make those who were disgraced throughout the earth receive praise and fame. At that time, I will bring you back. Yes, at that time, I will gather you. I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, the Lord has spoken. See, it's no secret that hell is real. It doesn't have to be our future. Hell is hot. It burns. It was designed for the devil and his angels. It was designed for destruction of those who have rebelled against God, against Jesus Christ. But it does not have to be your future. God has called us to repent. It means to turn back. Stop going down the road that you've been going and turn toward Him. Stand firm, face the cross. Approach it in Him. Accept His repentance, His salvation, His honor, His glory, His price that was paid for you. There's nothing else you can do to earn it. No matter how many good works you do, you won't earn salvation through Christ. Do the good works because you have been saved. It's much like receiving a gift on your birthday. You don't get the gift and have the birthday. You have the birthday and receive the gift. You see, I can do any job in this world I want to do, but if I haven't been hired by the employer, I won't get paid, right? I can do all the good I want to do, but if I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I will not reap the rewards of heaven that go along with it. You have to repent first. Accept Jesus as your Savior. Ask forgiveness from Him. He's the one who's paid the cost. He's the one who died in your place. He's the one who defeated the devil and took the keys to the kingdom and rose from the dead and built a mansion for you to live in. If you don't accept those keys to your room by accepting his price, you'll never see that mansion because hell is real. Hell is there. And the choice is ours.
repent or perish. I hope every person hearing this message will choose repentance. I pray that you do. I pray that you already have. If you haven't, know that the altar is open. Know that the opportunity is already at hand. It is now, not later. prayer, a simple change of heart, a simple change of mind, knowing Christ, Lord Jesus, yes, please God, yes, accept my forgiveness, give me forgiveness, give me repentance, give me salvation, I don't want to perish in hell, I want to serve you, I want to honor you, I want my life to be about you, please start that change in me. Thank you for the price that you paid. Uh, turn me to the right track, to the right path where I can be what you have made me to be. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to go on for hours. It's a simple prayer of yes, Jesus. Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and your scripture this morning and the promise of repentance that you've given us and the opportunities, the countless opportunities you've given us to repent and turn towards you. And I ask that if anybody is on the fence about it or unsure about it, that they seek your wisdom and seek your word, Lord. Put their trust in you and come on over the fence, Lord. Accept your salvation that you have put in front of them. The price that was paid so long ago. Lord, please forgive me if I've failed you in any way. And I ask that you forgive all those who are hearing so that they can know the glory that you've created for them in heaven. Not the punishment that you designed for another being find ourselves going to if we choose not to repent. Lord, I ask that you lay repentance on the hearts and minds of every person who hears this message so that they can feel the pressure that comes from the Holy Spirit urging them to take that step and accept your grace and mercy. Understand that you are angry that we turned from you so long ago. But in your anger, you've also expressed your love for us. Just like a father can be angry at his child and still love him, Lord, you have shown that throughout history by offering your son for our salvation. And I pray that we honor that sacrifice by turning towards you and repenting. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.